We are SC pregame podcast, UCLA edition. Woo. Once a year we get this one, and uh, Saturday is it. And so uh, USC with a 9-2 and record coming into this game, UCLA with a 5-5 and record coming into the game. It is a case of two programs kind of in different places right now. Uh, the Trojans will be appearing in the Pac-12 title game this week. UCLA is looking to become bowl eligible. Uh, the, the Trojans just with so much momentum in terms of the rivalry, 14-4 and in the last 18 matchups. But as we know, you throw out the records in this one. There's been too many games. Uh, I'll go to 13 to nine. I'll go to uh, John Barnes in the early 90s. I'll go to Lavelle Woods fumble in the in the mid 90s. Too many times when you think, okay, this one on paper looks to be going in this direction. You just never know. And so let's look at some of the numbers to talk about uh, how it matches up at least on paper. Uh, the Bruin defense. Not good if you're wearing powder blue. 129 in the nation in rush defense, giving up 302 yards per game. That's last in the country. Total defense, 499 yards a game. USC is averaging 495. Uh, scoring defense, the Bruins are giving up 38 a game. The, these are not numbers that really are good news when USC is going to be on the opposite side of the field because the Trojan offense is doing well these days. Ron, Ron, Ronald Jones has really gotten into a groove the last couple games, and he's putting up big numbers. And then Sam Darnold, you know he's going to get his as well. Things are fairly healthy on the offensive side of the ball right now for the Trojans. And so you're in a really good spot. And, I, and one of the big Big things I think is going to be happening in this game is there's going to be so much focus on Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, but I think that when you look at those numbers for the UCLA rush defense, boy, that that run game with Ronald Jones, and you're also going to have Carr, Akasedric Ware, Vivai Malapii. I really think that's where USC the focus is going to be. The ground game has gotten going in the last couple of weeks, and I really think that's the best recipe for success. Get it going on the ground. Let Sam get his. And that, that is going to certainly be the case. And uh, and that should be where you put up your numbers and where you, you, you put the game away. The Trojans are a 14-point favorite right now uh, in, in this one. And I think that makes a lot of sense to really just get pound, pound, pound with that big offensive line and set the tone that way. Flipping it over on the other side of the ball, like we talked about with Josh Rosen. He, he's the Bruin hope. If anything's going to happen uh, to challenge USC in this game, it's going to be on the with the arm of Josh Rosen. Uh, he missed a game and a half in the middle of the season with a concussion uh, and a hand injury. Came back last week and had a d- pretty good game against Arizona State. And if you just look at that game, you're looking at it saying, hey, the UCLA offense looks like they're putting up some points and looks like they're playing well. Uh, they do not have their leading receiver, Darren Andrews. He's out with an injury. But Jordan Lasley returned from a suspension last week and he put up some big numbers and we saw Jordan catch two touchdowns last year in the USC UCLA game he was going up against his old Sarah friend uh, Dory Jackson in that one but uh, they they can run the ball a little bit they got a couple tailbacks but really if they're going to have any chance it's with Rosen you you look at some of his career numbers he's third third on the all-time UCLA list in yards completions total offense this year he's thrown for 3,000 yards 21 TDs nine picks um the key for the Trojan defense is going to be putting pressure on him. USC second in the conference in sacks, first in the conference in sacks, second in the nation. Um, and it's not been a case of any one guy leading the way. It's it's kind of it's you know a little bit of Christian Rector. It's a little bit of Rasheem Green. It's some of Chenna Nuusu. Anyone can contribute along that defensive line, and we're pretty healthy right now except for Porter Gustin. Uh, there was just no indication in practice in the last couple of weeks that Porter is going to play, so do not expect to see that. But the real key could come in the secondary for the Trojans. How you match up at corners in that man-to-man uh, coverage that Clancy Pendergast loves to go, um, you got to get pressure on Rosen. You can't just let him sit back there like Clay Helton said earlier this week. You can't have him just playing 
seven-on-seven football because he'll dice you up, and, and that can happen. But the Trojans, uh, they'll have Jackie Jones and uh, Isaiah Langley. But I, Iman Marshall will be back this week. He practiced quite a bit, and so you'll see him get back into that mix uh, a, a lot as things going on. So it should be a fun one, as always, uh, the Coliseum 5 o'clock kick. And uh, Trojans and Bruins, you just don't get much better than that. So for the remainder of the podcast, uh, we will talk keys to the game with myself, Johnny Curran, Greg Katz, and Daryl Rideau. We will have a breakdown of the USC offense against the Bruin defense from former USC quarterback John Major, And then we will talk USC defense against UCLA offense with former Trojan linebacker Kevin Bruce. Beat the Bruins. This week in USC practice, Gary Pasquitz, Johnny Curran, Greg Katz, and Daryl Rideau. And uh, guys just want to go through and talk about the keys to the game that we see for USC-UCLA. Uh, I'm going to start off talking about one of the big storylines in this game uh, is going to be Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. The two quarterbacks, and both are very deserving uh, of the attention they're going to get, and they will likely be a, a, a big part of this game. But I, I just look at it, and when you look at those defensive numbers for UCLA and the way that USC has been running the ball lately, boy, it really screams for this to be a game that is heavy on the run game for the Trojans. I, I really I look at Ronald Jones and uh, the way he's been playing lately, uh, just as much of a part of the offense as anybody right now with what the, he is doing. And uh, the offensive line, fairly healthy. Uchenna Nwusu, uh I'm sorry, Chuma Adogo was able to practice uh, this week, and so see him out there uh, a little bit more. But I, I think that's kind of the thing I want to watch is this UCLA defense. They're at the bottom of the national running rankings for a reason. Uh, you can run the ball on them. SC can run the ball. Is that commitment to the running game that we have seen at various times in recent weeks, how much is that established in this game, or how much is there going to be the national t- the natural temptation uh, to get Sam his, to put that showcase on for a national television audience? I don't know, but I certainly know that running the football, boy, that seems to be something that when you run the football for the Trojans and when you commit to the run, things seem to work. And this UCLA defense, it seems that it would work on this them johnny well just like you know the run game is obviously one of the keys on offense uh it would appear at least for a trojan victory this weekend i think another one is obviously the ability of the usc defense to get after rosen um, because obviously he's a very dangerous (laughs) slinger back there and he can really shred you apart if you don't get after him and uh with usc though i think they're looking like they're in better position they've been in a while uh specifically because uchenna nwosu was back uh today appeared to be moving well Obviously, was hampered by the ankle injury, um, but I was actually surprised with how well he was moving around and uh, didn't seem to be hindered by it at all today. I think that could have a big impact. You obviously have Rector getting in the flow more of things with that hand uh, bundled up there, and uh, you know Jordan Iosef obviously has been on a tear of late too. So I think really with you know with Chenna back and everything, I think that's obviously a key to watch is how whether or not USC can get after Rosen, and I think with the way that the health is shaping up on those outside linebacker spots that USC is in good shape. Well, I'll tell you what. Now, on the outside, I'm going to say I believe SC is going to win the game. I, I believe that. However, I believe the Trojans need to have a substantial lead. I'd like to see about 17-point lead going into that fourth quarter because uh, I saw Rosen, what he did with Texas A&M. If he gets hot, and to be honest with you, uh, there's a lot of trepidation about the Trojan corners uh, it doesn't even have to be that they give up a long touchdown pass. It could be uh, pass interference, keep the momentum going, and I think they're going to need it because I don't. I think if it goes into the fourth quarter and UCLA is right there, uh, it could be anybody's game. And uh, 
Hopefully it's not. <laughs> but but whenever you play UCLA, there is this nostalgia about the game and the preparation going into it. The focus and the determination by players to bring their best effort to the table can never be understated. And even guys who are injured or who you find in the in the locker room icing up oftentimes cure themselves going into this week. And my concern is, as guys are determined to be healthy enough to compete and play in this game, such as in the corner, uh, at the corner position with Iman Biggie Marshall, there's been a continuity with Isaiah Langley and Jack Jones that seems to have a formula working for this defense. Now you integrate the skill set of Iman Biggie Marshall. How much does he play? And does it impact the continuity and the rhythm that this defense has been succeeding with? You got a full deck of potentially a full deck of uh, healthier uh, outside linebackers, which should allow for more pressure on Rosen. This is a quarterback who hasn't faced a Clancy Pendergast coached defense. So I'm curious to see how well does USC prepare and what disguises will they bring to confuse Rosen early in this game. But as a former player, Reflecting back on as my career ended at USC in 2002, the the regular season. It's it's now that these seniors, as they they <clears throat> go through their last snaps and they prepare for their last full day of practice, that they begin to reflect back on the the trials, the tribulations, the tears that they've left on this football field, and the sacrifices that were made, and the those seniors who are able to control their emotions and bottle them in going into this game and reflect back on all of those sacrifices, I would expect that if you are going to figure out whether or not USC can play a clean game, this is a game to do so. Because there's no greater way than to show respect for an opponent like UCLA than to prepare for a clean game. And if USC does prepare and have a clean game without the unforced errors in the middle second half, second quarter and third quarter, I think that they can route UCLA as they should. But if not, expect Rosen to have a hot day, and it could be that shootout that we're all looking for. John Major. Uh, John, let's talk some USC-UCL rivalry. Uh, Trojan offense against the Bruin defense. You and I were talking at practice earlier this week, and when you study the numbers of this UCLA defense um, and you see them, they, they, they are – it's not very good numbers-wise. They are near the bottom of the country, particularly against stopping the run. When you're looking at their defense and what you've seen so far, how are you looking to plan your attack? Well, yeah, Gary, they are uh, – if you look at it as at yards per game allowed, so it's 302, and that's 130 out of 130. Okay, so it's the last on a per-game average in the country. And the only teams, uh, when you look at the total defense, it's 125 out of 130. So it's not really a murderer's row of the other five that are below them. You think Tulsa, you have San Jose, UConn, um, Bowling Green. And so it's, you know, but they, the most those teams have in the win category, there's one team with three, the rest are two or one. Or no, no win, no wins like San Jose, or I think they have one win. But um, but UCLA sits there at five and five. So what does that tell you? Is that their offense pulls games out for them despite their inept defense. So just be the fact that they're they're struggling so much on defense, especially stopping the run, doesn't mean that 
you just walk into this game and think you're going to walk away with it because because of what their offense can do. So when you're looking at it, everybody has looked at. I mean, look, I looked at the Washington game closely because I figure that's that's a team that uh, you know, can kind of do both, like we do. We can run it or throw it. And I think Chris Peterson had like 31 out of the first 36 plays were runs. And so they clearly came in and saying, "Hey, stop our run," mm-hmm. and then you know, and then we'll see what 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 else we have to do. And uh, I mean, overly conservative. I don't think we'll do that. I think Sam Darnold obviously is a better quarterback than Jake Browning. Uh, he's shown that, especially in the last few weeks. So we're not going to sit there and run 31 out of the first 36 plays um, on the ground. I think. Um, We'll have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of things because their secondary isn't that great, and and to their uh, you know kind of kind of not knocking them as much, just because they're not as great because they have to come up and help with the run, so they are vulnerable to some things in the secondary. And, and that and that is a recipe, like you say, maybe not thirty-one of thirty-six. But we have seen the Trojans in the last couple of weeks. There, you have gotten Ronald Jones going. And then it just Sam Darnold. Once you get that running game going, not not only does Sam Darnold have his full complement of receivers that are developing and Daniel Imatorbebe, it just seems that running game help helps him so much. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that you know, and you look at Washington. I think that hurt them. That hurt them when they go to play at Stanford and uh-huh. or or an Arizona State, and you're scratching your head. Well, they get overly. You know, they they obviously saw what the weakness was against UCLA, and they just stayed with that, attacking them on the ground, and it was working. But you know, it go it bites them a little bit down the road because Brent, when Brown they have to call on Browning a little more, he he seems to get flustered at times in games. And so, you know, I don't think we'll ever get in that situation because we have such a talent back there at quarterback. And I think you mix in play action because the UCLA linebackers, I mean, they have, they, you know, they're, they have one experienced guy in Kenny Young. He's very good. Right. And, but he's, but he's tasked with guys on either side of him. Keyshawn Lucy yourself and, and Chris Barnes were talented players, but as Jim Morrow will even tell you, they haven't played much. So mm-hmm. they're even struggling with lining up correct. And, and Kenny Young's having the, having to kind of help them line up. Now, what is that? What does that tell you, that misdirection or, you know, simple things like throwing formations out that we haven't shown yet? We could run the same plays out of them, but, you know, so it's not complicated for our guys. We just we just come out with different formations they haven't seen. And um, and when you have guys who are having trouble lining up, that could be a disaster for them defensively, you know. So, so there's a lot of things you can do without having to introduce a lot, but just knowing the struggles they're having. Um, that could be very effective by implementing them. I, I want to ask your opinion and just your thoughts on, on Ronald Jones right now, John. You, when you look at him entering uh, the air that he is on the all-time career rushing list, uh, and, and, and you got the ball to a pretty good tailback in Marcus Allen uh, back in your day. Yeah. So yeah. What, as Ronald starts to inch up to that kind of air, what do you see from this guy? What, what do you like about Ronald Jones's game? Well, um, I, I, I think that, you know, he's drawing comparisons to some of our great backs. And I think it's just that, uh, you know, there he is, game after game, boom, he gets the ball, big run, another run, another run, toughness, gets up, not hobbling to the sideline, really doesn't ask to come out. If he 
if he's going out, he's being taken out, right? And the hallmark of Marcus was, you know, he just got up after every play and got back in the huddle. He never came out of the game. I mean, it was a rare situation, and and sometimes I would I would just be amazed in the huddle. That guy, I watched the lick he took, and he just get back up, flip the ball, the ref, come back to the huddle. And I see a lot of that in Jones and uh, the toughness. You know, unfortunately, we have – not unfortunately, but, I mean, fortunately, we have other backs that we can rotate in that are that are – having good seasons themselves so um and we can keep him a little fresher you know times have changed a little bit where one guy doesn't get the ball 35 40 times so um and you know he's in a more of a diverse offense so he's not going to get those carries like the old tailback you and and marcus and and charlie and and used to get when they won the heisman so um but you know we saw reggie didn't have that those carries either and still won the heisman so mm-hmm. you know he's a bonafide candidate next year assuming whatever happens with our personnel whatever you know, sam Darnold decides to do um ronald jones i think will probably come back i'm not sure but you know there he could be in the mix or certainly will be in the mix when you look at running backs across the country because he can do it all and he's catching the ball more down too so um, he's showing all the things he can do, especially his toughness, and he's tough on the goal line. He's tough um, anywhere you put him in any situation. Mm-hmm. And it, is it somewhat reminiscent to the depth at tailback that you guys had back at, back in those days? Um, we have four very good tailbacks, and like you say, the, the other three don't get necessarily what they uh, could get because a lot of carries are going to Rojo, and deservedly so. Um right. But you guys have some good tailbacks, too, who were in Marcus's shadow quite a bit. Right. It's better to be one of those other tailbacks today than it was back then. Because, um, you know, playing tailback at USC, um, back in the eye offense, and, uh, you know, running blast power and pitch, it was kind of like selecting a quarterback. I mean, there was one guy, right? It was, it was going to be – the tailback and then another guy that would spell him for a few few plays throughout the game and that mm-hmm. was it and a few a few carries to the fullback so to now it's not like that right you got you can spread it around and guy and when you throw the ball a little bit guys are maybe a little better at catching balls they may be a little better at route running uh they may be in the game because they're better at pass protection so you get more rotations and you get a chance to 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 do some things uh more so than you did when you weren't the featured tailback um, uh, some years ago when, when Marcus and Charlie and won the Heisman. Well, let's, uh, let's have a good one on Saturday. You, you kind of, uh, hit on something that I think Trojan fans, it's in the back of everyone's mind. The fact that this may be the last time in the Coliseum that we see a Sam Darnold and Ronald Jones. Certainly hope yeah. it is not. Well, uh, you know, they, they have that senior runoff and, you know, rarely is. Rarely do our top seniors anymore run out the, the Coliseum and beat their parents, you know. Um, they almost had, like, should have a provisional uh, a, right. a provisional runoff, you know, and in case the guys do leave and then and then have a have a disclaimer that they can't do it the next year if they stay. So <laughs> right, guys, right, right. let guys do that um, in the modern times, right? So I, I think we only have, I think, like, like 13 guys. Uh Thirteen seniors who will be running out. That list is small. I think four starters uh, now that Viani is no longer one of them. So this is the last senior class of the sanction era, and so uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I expect you know it's going to be it. it you got to give a lot of respect to um, 
to what Josh Rosen is going to do or try to do with his offense despite sure. his defense. So, sure. um, you know, we just can't quit offensively, and we don't have that. We're not going to be that way anyway. We, you look at our other games, I mean, just last week, right? I mean, you can't sit back and, and let that lead sit there. Um, if Colorado can close the gap, certainly UCLA can do with the, with the quarterback that's obviously um, leaps and bounds better than what we saw last week. So, um It'll be. It should be a great a great matchup. And um, despite the uh, you know the differences in our in our defensive rankings, um, I just think that uh, you know they they're trying to get to six and five. And uh, you know I mean we've seen this game be crazy in other years, so you just mm-hmm. never know. And uh, the interesting thing, as always, will be who what player steps up that you that you weren't anticipating? Will it be Pittman on a fade route or two fade uh-huh. routes? You know, will it be a tight end finally, you know, making a big play down the seam on play action or, or another one like we did against Utah? Um, will it be a kick return, right? I mean, um, and we're going to have to have long drives because they have a great punter. One of their team captains is their punter, just like Utah. Mm-hmm. And so when we had to put together 85, 90-yard drives to score, that's probably what we're going to have to do on Saturday unless we get turnover. So um, we're going to have to be operating uh, uh, on full efficiency and getting ready for that Pac-12 title game. That would be great to see, just what you said, total efficiency. Uh, From this Trojan team, that would be a wonderful exclamation point uh, to this regular season. Thanks for your time, John. Let's have a good one on Saturday. Okay. Fight on, Gary. Kevin Bruce. Uh, Kevin, it's USC-UCLA week. Uh, How about that? Let's – we all know what the focus is going to be when it's the USC defense going against the UCLA offense. It's uh, how do you slow down Josh Rosen, or as you said when we were talking before this, how do you manage Josh Rosen? Yeah, it, it's really an opportunity, and you do manage his um, his play. Um, uh, you know, a lot of comments around, oh, get, you know, get him off his spot. Well, what that means is, is you pressure him, and you pressure him in ways that makes him uncomfortable throwing the ball, because if you don't, he will pick you apart, and UCLA is very capable of putting up a whole lot of points. And I know that you know their their road record is what 0 and 5. Um, well, uh, this is a different game, and let's just expect them to be able to play well. So let's just force them not to play well uh, by taking it to them. And that means you pressure you pressure him, but you pressure him in different ways. You pressure him. He loves. To go, he's right-handed, so he, he he just he loves to roll right. Um, he doesn't have the cross-body throw technique uh, uh, skills that Sam has. Uh, he doesn't have the feet that Sam has. So much like what we did, believe it or not, with Khalil Tate, in terms of managing the pressure in the pocket but not letting taking away escape ability, is important. Now that was done with generally five to six guys, a spy in the box, uh, mostly uh, Marvell, Pell. Um, but with, with Rosen, it's a, I think it's a different approach. It's pressure. It's pressure from his right side. Um, take away the uh, long white side of the field from him. He loves to throw slants to the white side. He just, he, he just lives on that. If we try to manage that with cornerback man cover after 10 yards, 12 yards in that zone, and then without a safety, a uh, couple one uh, safety coming up, um, we're going to be we're gonna have a long day. It's just too much open uh, green space for him to, to hit. So uh, that's that's one piece. Pressuring him from his right side, his right side, uh, but, but with, with multiple lanes and with the occasional offside pressure, 
that he won't be looking for all that much. UCLA running backs don't block. I was a little redundant when I said UCLA running back and blocking. But um, it doesn't go together. That's not what they do. They're skilled mm-hmm. in other ways. These are mm-hmm. skilled offensive players, but blocking is not one of their deals. So let's take advantage of that. Um, you, you manage it in that way. <clears throat> um, it's not about just keeping everything in front. That's a part of it, but it's about pressure looks, pressure lanes, discomfort, different looks, uh, guys that drop them back in the cover that you don't expect. Uh, when we do our double uh, linebacker move into the A-gap, one drops back, one doesn't. Well, sometimes both drop back. Uh, occasionally we drop uh, Uchenna into, into, into coverage. We can still do that. Uh, and so those are the kinds of things I know, I, I believe, I shouldn't say I know, that Clancy has these kinds of elements uh, tied up. But you, you've got to – you can't give the same look over and over and over again. You, you've got to really mix it up with uh, Rosen. He's that good, he, and he really is. I mean, look, all kidding aside, mm-hmm. um, th- this young man is a good quarterback, and he can throw the ball. And if you just give him, t- if you give him time and you give an opportunity to uh, – for a wide side field open, he will, he will pick you apart. He'll find the seams. He'll find the tight end. He'll find uh, people to open, and he can make every throw in the book. Yeah, a good thrower of the football. No doubt about that. Uh, what, what do you think about their offensive line? Uh, obviously, you're saying pressuring him and getting to him, making him uncomfortable. What do you see up front for them? Yeah, they uh, there's some talent there. Um, it's a offensive line that's still in development, and they've had some injuries as well. This is about as uh, solid as they have been for a while, a few games. Um, it is a okay line. Um, from a running perspective, I wouldn't I wouldn't fear them too much in that respect. In terms of pass block, um, they have shown vulnerabilities, and it's a, it, it, part of what our task is is to take advantage of those vulnerabilities, even when we rushing four guys. Right? If we're just taking our down linemen or the, the, the four down, let's call them, and that's our pressure package, which means we have a max not a max cover, but near max cover, cover seven. Um, some of the guys in coverage, um, you've got to put some pressure uh, on the, not just Rosen, but in the backfield and get some gap penetration and uh, that uh, disrupts the running game. It disrupts it disrupts everything. Now, very often I have seen some great success with Nuoso move, uh, moving inside. So he'll, he'll take on the uh, tackle. Occasionally it's a tight end over him, but it tackle away. And he'll move, take a quick move to the outside, then bang, he's, he's moving inside. Now, the danger of that is you have the potential of losing containment, but the, the, the good part of that is that uh, Nuoso is so quick, so fast, so athletic, and great anticipation, as we all have seen. Mm-hmm. He, he can really just drive folks crazy. And for an offensive line, that is a serious mis- mismatch. Now, let's talk about A-gap, uh, because you, like, much like baseball, everything up the middle – is either strong or not, and to the extent that we can control the middle of the field, you control a lot of the flow, a lot of the action. So the um, um, guards and center, uh, centers, uh, center and guards for UCLA are pretty good. But <clears throat> with the right type of, of movement and slanting, we don't twist, but we slant generally, but when we slant, it can be quite effective, and um, we have enough athleticism and, and speed, quickness, uh, whether it's Fatu, 
uh, in the uh, around the A gaps, or or Peely, or Malik uh, in a three technique, or Rashim in a three or five techniques. Uh, it, it really is. It's, I like that matchup. I like the the speed and the physicality against an offensive line that's pretty good, but not great. They have moments, but they also break down. And to the extent we can get them to, to make a bad uh, line call, and we can take advantage of it, um, watch for uh, Rosen running around the back uh, backfield, which would be just fabulous because then that's open season. I, I love it. We sure got we sure got to him two years ago. I enjoyed that, and, and the results were good. I want to end this, Kevin. I, I, I talked to Daryl Rideau about it yesterday when we did our video. Um, this is the final appearance in the Coliseum for, for, for seniors. We're talking Uchenna. You're talking Hawkins, uh, Fatu on the defensive side of the ball. What are your memories from your final game at the Coliseum, the nerves you had, and, and how that went about? Yeah, it's interesting. That was a, a coin. I was a captain, so I had a coin toss. I won the toss, and that was uh, the first half of the game was uh, coming on the field was surreal. Um, but, you know, look, you're in the moment. Ignore the crowd, though. It's fun. Uh, let's play the game. Went out, told John Shearer, who was your quarterback, what I thought of him. He laughed. I laughed. But, we, you know, we got each other's face. I won the coin toss. Okay, fine. And we went back. Well, as it turned out, a little-known story, but UCLA had our our defensive signals. And they'll deny to this day. I talked to Donnie later on, Coach Donnie later on. He said, oh, we didn't do that. I said, oh, the heck you didn't. Um, they had our signals. I figured it out about midway through the second quarter. And I went, oh, because every time we were in a certain type of defense that had a vulnerability of X, they were able to exploit it. And one time mm-hmm. they had a, a, a pass to the tight end, and I went, no way they could have known that. No way that was an audible. We were disguising it. And so I went off the field. And I talk, talked to Coach McKay and Coach Lovey. I said, they got our signals. And Coach McKay looked at me and said, really? you like, you really? Come on. And I said, no, they have our signals. So we started running players. In. And after that, they only scored, I think it was three points. So <laughs> that was a, a undying memory. They also fumbled the ball six times. We got five of them. And uh, regrettably, uh, we came up short on the score. Ooh. The only time I lost to UCLA. Yeah, only time. Ah, and that's the one you remember in a big way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, appreciate it, Kevin. Let's uh, let's go have a good one this weekend. Let's get the, what I love about this: the Pac-12 title is secure. Well, the Pac-12 <laughs> title game appearance is secure. Let's go beat this one for the sake of beating the Bruins. This is all. This is what Trojan football is all about. Put love on it. the Thanks, gear. Kevin. Go out and play. Let's have a good one. You bet.